Hey, welcome back to Faith Quest. This is Charles Lowry. We're going to look at the next few weeks, a message that I'm calling At the Feet of Jesus. Actually, it's three messages. You know, I, I don't believe there's ever been a time when people have been more distracted uh, from being at the feet of Jesus than now. We're so busy, and it's, and it's not always with bad things. Sometimes we're even distracted with good things. Oh, you're going to hear me say in the message, sometimes it's not the difference between what's right and wrong, but maybe what is good and and what is best. And uh, we find in, in the Bible, and uh, there's three times where we find this lady Mary at the feet of Jesus. And Luke 10, 39, she's sitting at the, his feet. John chapter 11, verse 32, she's found falling at his feet. And in John chapter 12 and verse 3, she's found bowing at his feet. Well, this week, we're going to cover that first one in Luke chapter 10, verse 39, where she's found sitting at his feet. So join me, get your Bible ready, and we're going to look at this message um, in this series called At the Feet of Jesus. All right, I'm beginning this series called At the Feet of Jesus. I believe it's so very important in this day and age that we learn how to be close to the Lord. There's so many things that are distracting us. And so we're going to learn over the next three weeks uh, from this story in Luke chapter 10, uh, a contrast between two ladies. And through that, the Holy Spirit's going to show us really where we are. So I want you to pay close attention. We're going to go right into it. Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42 is going to be my text. Here's what the word of God says. It says this, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at the feet of, and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does not now I care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she come help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken from her. Let's pray. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us see in your word the importance of sitting at your feet, the importance of drawing close. So many times, Lord, in our busyness, sometimes even in our zeal for you, Lord, we love you, but we get so busy. And how in the world can we think sometimes that we can serve Jesus without Jesus? without that personal relationship to be connected to you. And I hope the word of God will come alive through the power of the Holy Spirit, illuminate our hearts and minds to understand your word in a fresh and new way like we've never seen this text before. Lord, teach us. Be our teacher today. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Now, like I said, uh, this is going to give us a contrast. But before we get there, let me lay a couple of things out. There are five occasions in the book of Luke that we find somebody at the feet of Jesus. We see a woman weeping at his feet in chapter 7 and verse 38. We see a man sitting at his feet in chapter 8 and verse 35. Then we see a ruler falling at his feet in chapter 8 and verse 41. And then we see a leper praising at his feet 
chapter 17, verse 15 through 16. And then we come to Mary, listening at his feet. What we just read. Each of these scenes, somebody's at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus is worth one's attention. I believe Jesus is worth somebody's consideration. And we find in these individuals, we're going to see some things that I believe is going to be enlightening. It's going to be encouraging. And we're going to see this, that out of everybody, nobody had a heart to be at the feet of Jesus, more like Mary. Now, Mary was the sister of Martha and Lazarus. She's distinguished from other Marys in the Bible as Mary of Bethany. And the most interesting feature about Mary's life, get this, each time you find her mentioned in the Bible, she's always at the feet of Jesus. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 39, she's found sitting at his feet. In John chapter 11, verse 32, she's found falling at his feet. In John chapter 12 and verse 3, she's found bowing at his feet. Her favorite place to be was where? Right, at the feet of Jesus. At his feet was a common occurrence in Mary's life. Each time we find Mary at the feet of Jesus, there's a blessed and precious quality that I want you to see, okay? Now, this is fascinating. In Luke 10, her actions seem to say, Lord, I want you. In John 11, her actions seem to say, Lord, I need you. And then in John 12, her actions seem to say, Lord, I love you. And in our study over the next few weeks, we're going to see each and every one of those, okay? But the first thing I want to see, I want us to see is this first occasion. We already read it, Luke chapter 10 and verse 39. It says, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. And her actions, we hear Mary just saying, Lord, I want you. I want to be close to you. I want to be near you. Mary wanted to be near to hear him, to, to feel his presence. Her deepest desire was to be at his feet. She wanted to live close to him and learn more about him. She wanted to be in his presence. We all remember probably that old hymn, right? More about Jesus. You know how it goes. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me. Well, that was Mary's heart. And we consider Mary's desire to be close to Jesus. I want us to put our own desire for the Lord on trial. In other words, when you look at Mary's life here, I want you to put it up against yours. And I want you to think, am I, do I have that kind of zeal? Do I have that kind of heart? Do, do, do I put everything aside just to be at the feet of Jesus, does our heart cry out, Lord, I want you? Is there a deep, burning, passionate desire to be close to Christ, to know him better? Is there a longing in your, in your life to be at his presence? Do, do you not only do it out of discipline, but there is, a, is there a real longing in your heart? The great hymn writer, Fanny Crosby, she wrote that hymn, Draw Me Nearer, Nearer, Blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Is that your prayer? Is that your desire? 
Does your heart cry out, Lord, I want to be near you. I want to live in your presence. I want to sit at your feet. I want your word. I want to know you. As we look at this story, we're going to see now three features about Mary's heart and her desire, okay? We're going to see three features, and we're going to see the depth and length of her desire, and, and it's highlighted. What's interesting, it's going to be highlighted by the actions of Martha. In other words, you know how different colors can contrast each other and bring one out? Well, the actions of Mary are going to bring out and help us to see Martha better. And as we look at Martha, it's going to help us to see Mary better. So the two words in verse 40 says, but Martha, place Martha as a contrast. And the Holy Spirit's going to use that. All right. So here, here's, here's point number one, if you're taking notes. And you should. All right. Number one says this. Being at his feet was foremost in her passions. Being at his feet, talking about Jesus, was foremost in her passions. Desire, the desire that Mary had to be near Jesus and learn of Jesus exceeded any other desire she had. Her chief desire was to be close to her Lord. In the scene, we see the difference between good desires and greater desires. We're not going to see in this, in this passage the difference between good and bad, we're going to see the difference between good and greater. And for most Christians, that's what's killing your spiritual life. A lot of times it's not the difference between good and bad, but it's good and greater. Now we're going to see that, <clears throat> excuse me, Mary opened up her home to the Lord. We read in Luke 10, 38, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. We find our Lord visiting the town of Bethany. Jesus was very close to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They were like extended family. And no doubt, one of the first places he stopped was right at their home. And Martha gladly, as she should have, gladly welcomed him into her home. And you think about it, how thrilled she must have been that, hey, Jesus is here. Hey, everybody, Jesus is here. It's time to celebrate. And the word received means that it means to really to admit one under, somebody under your roof for the purpose of entertaining. We've all been there, right? Can you imagine Martha saying, Lord, it's so good to have you with us. You want to stay for dinner? Go in the living room, make yourself at home. I'll put something on the stove. Martha opened up her home to the Lord. And Martha, we see a welcome Lord. And you know what? The Lord ought to be a welcome guest in our home. One thing you're going to see here, there's really, Martha didn't do anything bad here. Martha opened up her home to the Lord. Secondly, we see Mary opened up her heart to the Lord. You see, Martha opened up her home to the Lord, but we're going to see Mary opened up her heart to the Lord. In Martha, we see a welcome Lord, but in Mary, we see a wanted Lord. Luke chapter 10, verse 39, it says, And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Martha desired to have him present, but Mary, she desired to be in his presence. Let me repeat that. Martha had a desire for him to be present there in their home. But Mary desired to be in his presence. 
Martha was thrilled to have Jesus in the house, but Mary wanted to sit at his feet. Did you hear that? There's a difference between just having him around and wanting to be at his feet. She wanted to be near him. Martha's desire was to have him in her home, and that was good, but Mary's desire was to be close and to learn something greater about him. Mary's desire was to be near Jesus and it exceeded all her other desires. Martha was in the kitchen, but Mary was where? Mary was at his feet. The only thing she wanted to do was sit at his feet and hear his, hear his word. Man, what a message for us. Okay, let me ask you, what's your chief desire? Is that you? I mean, really, I mean, it's so easy in Christianity, especially if you've been a Christian for a long time, we can bog ourselves down with so many activities and we chalk up all these things we're quote unquote doing for God. And those things aren't bad. But like I said, it's not always a choice between good and bad. Sometimes it's a choice between good and, and best. And if we want to see a revival in our churches, if we want to see revivals in our own hearts, in our homes, in our families, we've got to realize that busyness doesn't always equate to spirituality. We've got to start having some family devotion, some family worship time. We've got to start getting at the feet of Jesus. Look at verse number 31, or excuse me, I was going to say Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31 says this. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or how shall we be clothed? You'll probably remember that from Matthew chapter 6, 31. He's saying we shouldn't think about those. Now, does that mean that we should never have any thought of what we're going to eat? Uh, hopefully somebody's planning dinner today. I'm going to get hungry, right? <laughs> I mean, somebody needs to be doing that. But what's it, what's it saying there? It's a contrast. And it means don't set your affections. Your ultimate affection shouldn't be set there. And it goes on in Matthew 6, and tells us where it should be. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. That which should be our greatest concern and our chief desire of our heart should be seeking the Lord. Our desire for the Lord, it ought to exceed every one of our desires. Our hearts ought to cry out to God, Lord, I want to know you. I want to be close to you. So there we have it, that first point that I think this text describes. Here it is again. Being at his feet was foremost in her passions. But secondly, let's look at this. Being at his feet was first in her priorities. Another contrast we see in these sisters is that one is coming apart and the other has come apart. What do I mean by that? One is distracted and the other is delighted. One's coming apart. What do I mean by that? One was freaking out, right? Oh my goodness, how are we going to do this? And the other one's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He says in verse number 40, Luke 10, 40, but Martha was cumbered about with much serving. The word cumbered means to be literal, means to distracted, torn apart, or pulled into different directions. 
Now imagine this. We've all experienced this, right? You've you've had people over, and I mean, you're trying to entertain, and and think about it this way: Martha's in there cooking, man. She's got stove. She got the stove going. She's got the bread in the oven, the cornbread going, steaks on the grill. <laughs> Beans need to be stirring. The bread needs to be buttered. The steaks need turning, whatever you know. And she's doing all that. She's running around, and she looks over there, and there's Mary at the feet of Jesus. Now, I remember hearing this story about a little guy. He went to the grocery store and uh, he, uh, he asked for a box of detergent. He was just a little guy. And the, and the grocer there, the guy working at the grocery store said, well, what, what do you need that box of detergent for? And he says, well, I'm going to go home and wash my cat. <laughs> and the guy says, hey, don't do that. That, that. that kind of detergent, that's not for washing cats. He says, I know what I'm doing. That's what I need. So, you know, he sold him that box of Tide. And so he took it, and about a week later, the little boy came in, and the guy working at the grocery store, he just kind of wondered about it. He said, hey, how'd that turn out with your cat? And the little boy said, oh, he's dead. <laughs> and the, uh, the guy at the grocery store said, well, I, I told you that was going to happen. He said, oh, that soap, that detergent didn't hurt him a bit. It was that spin cycle that got him. <laughs> now, think about this. Mary... Or excuse me, Martha, she must have felt like she was in the spin cycle. She was cumbered about with so many different things. And we see Mary content with one thing, being at Jesus' feet. Now, be honest. Have you ever seen people like that that can just kind of just chill out? Now, I, I've got to admit something. I, I kind of tend to be an amped up guy. I'm going all the time. I mean, I just go, 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 go. And if I don't spend time with Jesus, man, I just get frazzled. I get frazzled. And here we see a contrast between one person just frazzled and freaking out and panicked and the other just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary was content with one thing, just being at Jesus' feet. I heard a story years ago, and you you might have heard it too, but <clears throat> on one occasion, Charles Schwab, he was the president of Bethlehem Steel. And one day, Schwab said to this consultant that he had, his name was Ivy Lee, he said, show me a way to get more things done in my time. And he said, I'll pay you anything within reason. He, You know, if it worked. And here's what Lee did. He handed him a sheet of paper with a simple plan. And you know what happened? That plan turned Bethlehem Steel Corporation into the biggest independent steel producer in the world, get this, within five years. Now you're wanting to know what that plan was. Here, here it is. He said, write down the most important tasks you have to do tomorrow. Number them in order of importance. And when you arrive in the morning, begin at once on number one and stay on it until it's completed. Then recheck your priorities. Then guess what? Begin on number two. Then number three. He said, make this a habit every working day and then pass it on to everybody underneath you in the company. Try it as long as you like. And he said, then send me a check for what you think it's worth. Well, after several weeks of receiving the note, Schwab sent Lee a check for $25,000, stating it was the most profitable lesson he ever learned. Priorities are important. And we need to make a, a list of priorities. And at the top of them, guess what it needs to be? 
sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know what happens in our churches sometimes? Sometimes we get so program-oriented that we forget to sit at the feet of Jesus. Now, programs are not bad. God ordains them sometimes. You know, God uses them. But I can I tell you, unless we have spent some time at the feet of Jesus, those programs are just programs. I mean, there's no power in them. Now, somebody might say, I don't have time. I, you know, I don't have time or, or won't make time. Years ago, there was a guy named Charles Hummel, and he wrote an article. It was called The Tyranny of the Urgent. And he made this, this statement right here. I thought this was powerful. He says, we all think we need a 30-hour day to cope with life. But would a 30-hour day really solve the problem? Wouldn't we just be just as frustrated as we are now with our 24-hour allotment? Our dilemma goes deeper than a shortage of time. It is basically the problem of priorities. And we see in this that the first priority of Mary's life was to spend time where? At the feet of Jesus. Look at it again in verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Now notice carefully that Martha's statement, she says, my sister has left me to serve alone. Now that statement seems to suggest, uh, it seems like it, it might suggest that Mary had been helping her, but had left her to sit at the feet of Jesus. To Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus was more important than cooking his food. Now, spending time with the Lord, hearing His Word, and sitting at, it, sitting at His feet, is that a real priority to you? Think about it. All the ministries we, we get, and, and I don't want it to sound like, I know I keep saying this, hear me right. All the ministries we have and all the things that we do, those are all good and well. Remember what I said, it's not a difference between good and bad but it's a difference between good and what? Good and best. Let's break this down again. Remember I told you being at his feet was foremost in her passions. And being at his feet was first in her priorities. Now we're going to see something different. Being at his feet was foundational in her practice. What our Lord said to Martha and said about Mary is one of the greatest lessons that any Christian, any worker can ever learn. Now, this is hard, but listen. He condemned the absence of a certain kind of behavior in Martha and commended the presence of a certain practice and behavior in Mary. We see Martha serving and Mary sitting. Martha, is, in this story, could be described as the worker and Mary is the worshiper. Martha's work was important, but Mary's worship, I mean, it was indispensable. That's really what Jesus is saying. We are first reminded here that in verse 42 that, I mean, worship is a, 
we could call it this, a prescribed practice. Why? Why do I say that? Because verse 42 says this. He said, one thing is needful. The word needful speaks of a requirement, a demand, an employment. What Mary was doing was something that the Lord required, he prescribed, and he demanded. It was part of her spiritual employment for Jesus, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, we don't think of it like that, right? We think, man, we want to work for Jesus. Let's get busy. But what Jesus wanted and what he demanded in that moment because of who he was and he was worthy was for somebody to sit at his feet. And that has to be made a priority. One reason, get this, it must be a priority is because it is required of us. That's what the Lord meant when he says one thing is what? Needful. We want to worship when we feel it, when we feel like it. Can I tell you whether we feel like it or not, he's worthy of it 24-7. When you look at the story, it's obvious that Martha's totally wrapped up in working for Jesus. Her passion and priority was to do something for the Lord. And let me say this, that her passion to serve the Lord, really, it's to be praised. Most of the time, Martha's being condemned. I, I say she needs to be pat on the back. It's, it's not that this was so bad because her activity, it's a thing of priorities. It's not the activity that makes it bad. It's getting the priorities out of whack. Let me also say this is a good priority and a deserving priority on Martha's part. There's so many that have invited Jesus into their life and heart and received him as Savior, but they're not doing anything for him. Truth is, too many are serving. They're, to them, serving is just not a priority. Many of their actions say, Lord, it's, it's good to have you with us in our house, but I don't have time to fix you a meal. I don't have time to do anything for you. See, it's not a, a, a matter of one is bad and one is good, but we just have to know where our priorities need to be. The Lord desires our service. He deserves our service. He even demands our service, we see here in the text. But if you read the story carefully, you'll notice that the Lord did not condemn Martha for what she was doing, but for what she was not doing. Now, did you catch that? No, I don't want that to go over your head. Let me say it again. If you read this whole account, okay, very, very carefully, notice that the Lord, he did not condemn Martha for what she was doing. It wasn't the fact that what she was doing was wrong. He didn't condemn her for what she was doing, but for what she was not doing. It's like the Lord was saying, Martha, Martha, you're so upset about all these things you have to do. I appreciate what you're doing for me, but there's something you're not doing. You're not spending time with me. The Lord's not condoning laziness. He's condemning busyness over him. Just as the Lord requires us to work, he also requires us to worship. There must be time spent at his feet, and it's required. Charles Wesley, years ago, he wrote a hymn, and it went like this. Faithful to my Lord's commands, I still would choose the better part. Serve with careful Martha's hands and loving Mary's heart. 
See, worship's a prescribed practice. But not only that, it's, it's a profitable practice. Look in verse 42 again. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus said, Mary has chosen the good part. That word good, it, it speaks of something like beneficial or profitable. Jesus was saying, Martha, what Mary is doing is for her spiritual benefit and profit. Now, how does worship benefit us? Well, we see it's, there's an internal profit. What a contrast we see in, in Martha and Mary and how they were feeling. Think about it. She's described as anxious. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. The word careful means anxious, pulled apart in so many different directions. She was freaking out, if you want to put it that way. She was not feeling the joy of the Lord, for sure. She was filled with anxiety. Jesus also described her as agitated. He spoke about her being troubled. That word troubled there, it means to be thrown into an uproar. She was so distressed about everything that was going on. She came running out of the kitchen and she tell, tells Jesus, don't you care that my sisters left me to serve? Bid her therefore that she should help me. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're so anxious and agitated. What you need to do is you need to spend some time with me. And I'm probably talking to some people that if you think about recent weeks, you can point out those times that you've blurted out things to people and you know it's out of character for you. The very people you love. I mean, you know what it's like to be under that kind of intense pressure and anxiety and just spills out of you? And then later on you think, man, where did that come from? Let me tell you what's going on. You're not spending enough time at the feet of Jesus. If we're filled with fear, fretfulness, frustration, mark it down. You need to spend some time with Jesus. I found this. It says, We mutter and sputter. We fume and we spurt. We mumble and grumble and our feelings get hurt. We can't understand things. Our vision grows dim when all we need is a moment with Him. You know why? Because worship has an internal profit. But we also see that worship has an external profit. Again, back to verse 42 again. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus saying that what she was doing was of eternal quality and value. If our work for God is to be a work for God, really, we must sit at the feet of Jesus. If it's going to last, if there's going to be eternal quality about what we do, about our service, if it's going to have the kind of power that we want it to have, we've got to sit at the feet of Jesus. The key to being right with God is not just doing things for God. The key to doing things for God is being right with God. Now, don't let that go over your head. Let me say that again. The key to being right with God is not doing things for God. The key to doing things for God is being right with God. There must be relationship if there's going to be results. Now, you've probably heard this old story, but it, hey, it fits, so I'll use it. You probably remember about the, 
the, the two loggers that were out in the forest and chopping trees. This is back in the days and all they had was an axe, chopping those trees. There was a young man and an old man. And I'm telling you what, they were getting after it. And they were going to see who could chop the most wood by the end of the day. And that old man, every once, about every hour or so, he'd stop and sit down. That young man, he says, I'm going to whoop this old man. And he just kept hacking away. And he, he never stopped, never took a break. And at the end of the day, that old man had chopped so much more wood than that young guy. He says, man, I don't, I don't see what happened. I saw you stopping every hour, sitting down for a few minutes. How in the world did you do that? And you'll remember this story probably. He told him, the old man said, well, son, when you saw me stop, that's when I was sharpening my axe. You see that old, that young guy, he, he was chopping with that dull axe. Well, there's so many who were serving God with a dull axe. Can I tell you that happens to some good preachers? Their ministry gets dull because they don't spend enough time at the feet of Jesus. Good ministers within the church, good church members who really love Jesus become ineffective sometimes because we get so busy and we forget to spend time at the feet of Jesus. Churches that believe all the right things. I mean, you could check it off on a theological checklist. They check all the marks. Good, conservative, Bible-believing churches sometimes don't see a lot of things happen. You know why? Because we get so busy and we get into our programs and our things that we forget to spend time at the feet of Jesus. If we don't worship our work will be ineffective. So let's break this down. What am I telling you today? If we're going to be at the feet of Jesus, what we need to do is being at His feet, it should be foremost. Remember, remember I broke it down for you. Foremost in our passions. First in our priorities because it's foundational in our practice. We need to be at the feet of Jesus. And right now, He's there. He's come to our house, right? We invited Jesus uh, to be our Savior. He knocked on our, our heart's door one day. and the, By the power of the Holy Spirit, He convicted us of our sin. And we called upon Him to be our Savior. And, and a miracle happened and He cast our sin as far away as the east is from the west. And He made us righteous. He invited us. And now Jesus is in our home. You know what He wants? He wants us to sit at His feet. Can I ask you, is that a daily practice? Can I ask you, are you daily sitting at the feet of Jesus? Are you intimate with Him? Or maybe... When I said that a while ago, that sometimes our frustrations and our anxieties, they tell the story on us. Hey, I've been there. I have been there. You know, if, if most preachers are honest, they would tell you that it's so easy to get busy in your passion 
and this is a crazy thought, but to try to serve Jesus without Jesus. And that's insanity. Today, Jesus invites us to be at his feet. And if you've never known him as Savior, oh, he invites you today. He invites you to turn from your sin and turn to him. I'm telling you what, he'll give you eternal life. He wants to be your Savior. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you give us your word to correct us and speak to us. Lord, I pray that we would just, in our passion, not get so caught up in trying to do things for you, just like Martha did, that we forget that what you really want is you want us to be at your feet. All service and all ministry, it's going to be birthed out of that intimate relationship with you of being at your feet. And I pray as we continue this study called At the Feet of Jesus for the next couple of weeks after this that we just continue to learn what it means to be at your feet. Grow us in intimacy with you. It's in the matchless name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Hey, I really hope today's message was an encouragement, maybe even a good challenge for you. And hopefully it just brought you closer to the Lord as it did me when I was studying. And um, hey, if there's anything I can do for you, I want to let you know how you can contact me, okay? Um, of course, you can find me, uh, you can email me at Chuck Lowry, C-H-U-C-K, Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y, at Ymail.com. That's just like the letter Y, Chuck Lowry at Ymail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Charles Lowry. You can look me up on Facebook, and hey, I want to hear from you. Maybe you have a specific question that I can answer. But hey, join me each week right here on Faith Quest. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to look for John chapter 11, verse 32. You know, this week we, we found Mary, she was sitting at his feet. And in John chapter 11, and verse 32, we're going to see where she's falling at his feet. So hey, until then, let's spend some time with Jesus. God bless you.